this morning again we are going to continue our sermon series on battlegrounds. So today we are going to get into another battleground of the Old Testament to find out how children of Israel earned the victory in that particular battleground. So before we get there, as we do every time as we start, since we started this series, we take to say the declaration of war. Shall we continue the saying the declaration of war this morning? Let's go. We declare that we are in war with the kingdom of darkness. Our war is not a physical war as we don't We are more than conquerors. We will make damage to the kingdom of darkness. We don't fight on our own strength. We fight in the name of Jesus, who stripped the principalities and the powers of darkness at the cross. We are not alone in this battle. The captain of our army is marching forward. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We wear the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we are ready for the battle. In Jesus' name, we declare, we affirm, and we engage ourselves in war. Amen. Please be seated. So today we are going to get into another battleground called the battleground of Midianites camp. Can you say that with me? Just a long one. The battleground of Midianites camp. It's an amazing story of God giving victory to Gideon and the children of God and the army of God over the Midianites. Now this morning we need to find out who is this Gideon. We need to get an idea about who is this man of God by name Gideon. Can you say Gideon? Gideon. Out loud, Gideon. Gideon. Yes, Gideon was the fifth judge of Israel. You know, he played a very small part in the whole history of God's people, but it is so significant as we talk about Gideon this morning. Gideon exactly lived in a time when Israel had forsaken God. Children of Israel had forsaken God and listen to me, they started worshipping idols. There were idols everywhere in the land of Israel. And children of God, they went away from God and they turned to be Baal worshippers. The nation had abandoned God. In fact, they abandoned the true source of the strength of the nation. And also, they abandoned the true source of the blessings that anyone could get in any nation. You know, if you look into our world today, it is the same condition of our own nation today. People leave the source, the real source of blessings and they seek after blessings somewhere else. They leave the true source of protection and they try to do many different things to protect the nation. Exactly that, was what, that, that is what was happening at the time of Gideon. Now God really had withdrawn all his blessings from these people. Their protection was totally lost. And the nation really had suffered during the time of Gideon. But as people began to call the name of the Lord, God used Gideon to answer their call. 
Gideon, in fact, he was not a great leader. He was a reluctant leader. He was not willing to do anything for God. He was so afraid. He was a reluctant leader. And finally, he was totally convinced to go and work for the Lord. And if you can listen to me this morning, he eventually, ultimately, led the children of Israel to gain victory over their enemies by name Midianites. Now we come to know more about Gideon from his conversation with the angel of the Lord as the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon in chapter 8 of Judges. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Judges chapter 8 and just have a placeholder there. We will visit to a couple of scriptures then and there. Now we believe this was not just an ordinary angel. Listen to me, this is very interesting. We believe it was not just an ordinary angel. It is Christophany. One of the many appearances of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. If you read the scripture with the magnifying glass, you will understand Gideon is talking to the Lord himself. Gideon found Jesus in the angel. If Jesus appeared to many different Old Testament believers and children of God in the form of angel. Now this is what is our understanding as we re read through. We may not read through chapter 6, but I will go through chapter 6 for you. Gideon was the son of Joash, the Abyssalite. Joash was his father. Judges chapter 6 verse 15, Bible says, this is what Gideon says, when the angel of as he was conversing with the angel of the Lord, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Gideon belonged to the tribe of Manasseh and he says, I am the least in my father's house. It's the weakest tribe and he is, seems to be the last one in his father's house. Now when the angel met him, Bible says he was working in the threshing floor. And the angel of the Lord came and told the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon just had a shock and he looked at the angel and he, was, he couldn't believe his eyes. Because he considered himself so low and now he sees the angel of the Lord appearing in front of him. And in fact looks like Gideon knew the Lord because he was asking the angel. You know, God, the Lord God had done great things in the land of Egypt. He reduced, rescued the children of Israel from the hands of Pharaoh. Where is our God now? What God is doing? Why things are not happening in my land? He was so concerned about, about what was going on in the, in the land. And he recognized very quickly. That God is calling him to send him as a deliverer. To deliver his people from the hands of the Midianites. And Gideon asked the Lord, Lord, if this is you, if it is you, can you show me a sign? Can you show me a sign? And Gideon said, just do not go. I will go and bring offerings. And when he brought offerings, the angel of the Lord touched the offerings with his staff. And fire came down and consumed. And Gideon realized, yes, it is the hand of God. It is God. And Gideon, Bible says, he called that peace. When the angel of Lord blessed him, saying that peace be with you, he called the name of the place as Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And he again confirmed his call. Then he realized that he is called to deliver Israel from the hands of the Midianites. You know, Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10, Paul, you know, Peter writes, this is what Peter says, Therefore, my brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. 
You know, we are called to do the work of God, but we are called to follow Lord Jesus Christ. But time and then, it's very important that we need to sit with the Lord and talk to him and make sure, make sure we are called to do what we are doing now. Gideon did that. He obeyed the Lord. And he went and destroyed all the temples of Baal and all the altars of Baal. And he cut down all the wooden images wherever he saw. And he had great trouble. In fact, the temple worshippers, they wanted to kill Gideon. And they came to his father's house. Let's not get into the story. And finally, they changed his name. And they started calling him as Jerubal. And they gave a new name to Gideon, Jerubal. We read that in the beginning of, or at the end of chapter 6, Judges. Now Gideon asked two sides, signs. Again he asked two signs. If I need to go and fight against Midianites, I need a sign. He had a fleece of wool, a small cloth of wool. And he said, I will put that small piece of wool on the threshing floor. And if dew comes in the night only on that piece of cloth, I will believe that it is you. Next day morning he went in and he excused that fleece and water came out. Everywhere the rest of the place was dry. And he said, Lord, if it is you, I will ask one more sign. You know, see what a doubter he was. He was doubting God. And he was not at all willing. And he was just, you know, expecting that sign will fail. So he doesn't need to go to the war. He said, I will put the fleece again in the night. I want you everywhere. I want that piece of wool should be dry. And God did the same. Next day morning he came and saw that piece of cloth was dry enough. Now Gideon had to believe there is no other way. And God is about to send him to the Midianites camp. Now we need to understand we are talking about the battleground of Midianites camp. Are you with me this morning? Who is the enemy that we are talking about this morning? We need to understand what condition the children of Israel was at that point of time we understood very well. They were walking away from God. They were in the hands of Midianites. Now we'll understand who was the enemy. What kind of enemy he was. The enemy in the battle we are talking about is the Midianites. Now where the Midianites are coming from? Little bit of history here. Again back to Abraham. He did something terribly mistake. He did a terrible mistake looks like. Abraham had sons by name. Isaac we know for Sarah. And Ishmael for by Hagar. Now he also had six other sons for Keturah. Keturah was another wife of Abraham. And he had six sons. And his wife, after the death of Sarah, gave birth to six children. Zimran, Jokshan, Maiden, and Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. We read that in Genesis chapter 25. And Midian was one of the sons of Abraham. And the Bible believes, Bible says, the historians believe that Midianites were the descendants of Abraham's son Midian. And our children of Israel, they are fighting with Abraham's children and his descendants. Is it not true even today? Even today it is true. The Midianites, they oppose the children of Israel. Let's get down to the, our word. Judges chapter 6 verse 2 says, Judges chapter 6 verse 2. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel used to hide themselves in the dens, the caves, 
and in the strongholds which are in the mountains. You know, because Midianites, they were very harsh on the children of Israel. Nobody knows when the Midianites come over the children of Israel and they were hiding in dens and caves in the strongholds in the mountains. That's where everybody was hiding because they were so afraid of Midianites. And Midianites come to, used to come and destroy the produce. Listen to this. They come to destroy the sheep. They come to destroy the oxen, the donkey, and leave nothing for the children of Israel. They starve. Bible says, also says, they came like numerous numbers. Not just five, ten, fifty, one lakh, two lakhs. No, they came numerous. They came like locusts. Locust comes and fills the ground and they, comes, they came like locusts and their camels were numerous in number. They came and destroyed the land of Israel. Let's read Judges chapter 7 verse 12. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. They come and destroy the land and take the grain and they go back to their land. We are talking about Midianites. Now what are the strategies in the battle against Midianites? You know, that's what is our interest this morning. Now I want you to think about, quickly I want you to reflect in your life. And I want you to listen, I want you to listen from the Lord. And I want you to understand who are those Midianites in your lives. They came quickly and destroyed everything that you possessed. And what are the strategies that we need to adapt to fight against Midianites? It's not the same strategy what people of God followed in Jericho. Not the same strategy what people of God followed in Rephidim. They are all different because the enemy was different. Now here we are fighting with another enemy by name Midianites. What are the strategies? Shall we read Judges chapter 7 verses 2 and 3? Judges chapter 7 verses 2 and 3. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. You remember the previous battle? The number was less. They took very few. But now God says the number is too many. Too many. Verse 3. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 out of the 32,000, 22,000 of the people returned. And how many was remaining? 10,000. Good mathematics. 10,000 were remaining. There were 32 people came to fight along with Gideon and God said there are too many and Lord said you have too many for me and God said whoever is fearful and afraid let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. So we read 22,000 people they were so afraid and fearful they went back leaving 10,000 people. So strategy number one to fight against this devil, strategy number one says those who are fearful and afraid cannot fight the battle. Can you look at the screen and read that with me? Those who are fearful and afraid cannot fight the battle. God expects us to be strong enough to fight this battle. 
You know, at times it is true, as human, we are fearful and we are afraid of so many things. Fear doesn't allow us to fight the battle. Fear really doesn't really allow us to move forward. You know, the battlefield, it is very important. You know, how they are advancing in the battlefield is very important. They cannot stand in one place and fight because the enemy is going to attack you. You need to go backward then. It is important to move forward and fear will not allow us to move forward. You know, today people don't serve God because they are afraid. Listen to me. People don't take risks for God because they are so fearful. And this morning God is telling us to fight against enemies like Midianites. We cannot, we cannot be afraid, so fearful. You know, as I speak this word, some of us are already in the battle. Some of the struggles that we are going through and some of the situations that we are in today, if you look into our future, we are afraid. We are fearful. We are not sure where we will end, in what situation I will end up. Some of the sicknesses that we are dealing with, we are not sure. We don't have any guarantee. Lord, what's going to happen in my life in the coming days? Some of the struggles that we are going through today tells us there is something wrong. You're not going to live for a long time. Things are not going to happen good, happen you know, in the right way in your life. It may happen to somebody else, but it is not to you. We are fearful, we are afraid, but this morning God is telling us number one strategy to fight with this devil is we cannot be fearful. David says in Psalm 3.6, Psalm 3.6, he says, I will not be afraid. Can you read this with me? Beautiful scriptures, which should be our proclamation. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. It doesn't matter how many. It doesn't matter who is that. It doesn't matter you know, what authority and power they have. It doesn't really matter. That's what David says. And God said, 10,000 is too many for me now. I want still less people. And God said, bring them to the water. Very interesting. I still trying to figure out, you know, why God did that. And I, he said, I will test them there. Judges 7. Children of Israel were brought to the water by Gideon. Judges 7, 5 to 6. Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue. It's basically licking the water with his tongue. As a dog laps. You shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink need to be separated. Verse 6, and the number of those who left putting their hands to their mouth was just 300 men. Are you with me? Everyone? How many? 300 people, only 300. They took water and they lapped the way dog licks. Verse 6, and the new number of those who left putting their hands to their mouth was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. So only 300 soldiers lapped and drank like a dog. And the rest really got down on their knees and they were drinking water. Only 300 got selected through this God's selection process. Isn't it interesting? God sent the soldiers to the side of the water and you need to lick like a dog and drink water and you are selected. Those who knelt down and drank water, no, you're out. You are not selected. 
it was a great struggle for me yesterday whole day trying to figure out what's going on here you know god's strange and unusual selection process testing process you know when god tests you in certain situation in certain way you may be wondering why lord you are testing me in this situation is it a test that is really allowed by you or i'm just really getting into the trouble by myself so gideon was ordering the soldiers to be drawn closer to the stream of water i'm sure they were all thirsty and they were in need of drink there is no doubt they were all thirsty now i assume that they were really thirsty now gideon would have told soon they need to enter into the battle with the midianites and it's going to be a long battle because there are many numerous people it's going to be a long fight it's important that you need to refresh get some water refresh yourself because we don't know when you are going to drink water again maybe i believe they are going to drink the blood of the enemy not water again there is no doubt more than 9700 people they knelt down on their knees and drank only 300 they cup water in their hands and they took water in their hands and drank from their hands as if a dog drinks water from its bowl now i put a picture here that may help you this is a great test that god gave to the soldiers of israel to identify the right ones for the battle listen to me now it's important you know battling with the midianites what an is not an easy thing they are so powerful they are so dominating children of israel were so afraid they are known for their attack they are numerous in number it's not an easy task and not everyone can fight against them because they are very powerful because and god had to screen them through a process because god wanted to make sure they will withstand the battle you know when tests come on our way god allows certain tests in our lives only to make sure that we will withstand we heard about this morning in the sermon god allows certain things in our lives just only to make sure that you will withstand and god prepares you god prepares all of us and children of israel were getting prepared now god is screening them through and god gave the test for all the 10000 soldiers and only 9000 sorry only 300 soldiers they were just standing and cupping water in their hands and just licking the remaining 9700 people soldiers were just on their knees and drinking strategy number 2 when we fight with like an enemy like the midianites strategy number 2 says those who relax can you read that with me those who relax delay and lose focus on the work of god are not fit for the battle can you read that again those who relax delay and lose focus on the work of god are not fit for the battle you know god does not depend on large number you know remember this at times in a way we are very so concerned because we are very few in the church god really you know really doesn't count the numbers number is important but god really now is not depending on the number of people to accomplish goal god is looking for somebody who is aggressive somebody who is not putting things backward somebody who is not losing focus who is always on the job on the mission 
God is looking for such people. Now remember, they are in the battlefield. Midianites are coming against them. Children of Israel, especially these 10,000 soldiers, they were in the battlefield. Now there is no time of any delay. There is no time for any relaxation here. The 9,700 people, those who took time to kneel down and bow down and started drinking water, they wanted to get their drink full. Listen to this. They want to get their drink full. They want to quench their thirst. Is there anything wrong? No, there is nothing wrong. They can drink. Whereas these 300, they wanted to take up a little water and quickly they wanted to refresh themselves with their tongue and they want to move forward. They don't have time to spend there. They are in the mission already. You know, God's chosen 300, they were not really complaining about their weariness and tiredness that they need water. No, 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 no. They were not even lazy. They don't have time to kneel down and wait there. They are on the mission. These 300 were preferring the service to God, listen to me, in comparison with their luxury or their necessary refreshment. The service to God was their priority. Service to God is what their, their priority. That's what we learn. And look at the man who was standing and drinking the water. Those 300 men were watching. Even while drinking, they are watching whether to, is there an enemy spotted out there. Is there an enemy seen there? Their eyes are fixed. They are watching. But those 9,700, they were not caring about anything else. They are putting their faces down. And looking into the water while drinking. Are you with me this morning? You know, God is preparing us for the battle. Listen to me. But at times, you know, this is what is happening in our lives. At times we say, Lord, let me experience all the blessings in my life. I am too young, Lord, to get into this ministry. Lord, let me experience all the pleasures of this world. And then I will come to you. And I often say that God doesn't really want us when we are in the wheelchair. God wants us now. God wants us now. We don't know how many days, how many years we will have strength in our body. But God wants us now. All of us. It's not just we are talking about those who are serving, those who are in the ministry. We are talking about all of us. It is important that we build our house in the way of the Lord. We bring up our children in the way of the Lord. We take time to share the gospel with others. We take time to help others. It's all important. And God is telling us this morning, even at times the small little things make us tired, isn't it? Are you tired now? Even to listen to me? Are you tired? No? Okay, yes? Arina, you're sure? You're all okay? You know, small things make us, you know, how many times I need to come to church in a week? Only once? Every day? <laughs> how many times I need to come into a church? We are tired. How many times I need to come for prayer? How many times I need to pray? Is it not enough on Sunday morning? You know, we become tired. Last week I was complaining. Every day it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock by the time we reach home. I was telling why it is like this every day, including yesterday. Why it is like this? You know, we complain because we become tired for even for small things. 
even for small things. The 300 were not tired. They were not weary. They were on the run for God. You know, it is good to experience and enjoy the comfort and the luxury, luxury, whatever we get. But we should never lose the zeal for God. Amen. Can you say that with me? I will never lose the zeal for God. We should never affect the comfort and the luxury to, you know, to affect the, the zeal that we have for God. It is good to have a $10,000 bed, but how many hours you need to sleep? Not more than six hours. We don't need to sleep more than six hours. The rest of the time we can pray, we can do something else for the glory of God. It is nothing wrong to have that bed, but we need to sleep on that bed only six hours. You know, the same thing is applicable for all the blessings that God has given to us. But we should never lose our focus to do something for God. God wants us to keep our eyes open to see the attacks that are coming on our way. You know, there are many attacks on our way against our family, against our children. This morning, brother was mentioning about you thought that sickness is gone, but one sickness is gone. There is another sickness. There are many things that are coming on our way. It is important that we need to sit and find out, Lord, what is wrong with me? What I am going through? Why I am going through this? God wants us to keep our eyes open to see the attacks that are coming on the way. And God is telling us this morning, don't be foolish. Don't be lazy in your work. Don't be lazy in your studies. Not only in the work of God. Some of you are lazy when you studied. Wasn't it? Some of you are lazy. You are procrastinating things when in your initial days and you still suffer. The application was not sent on time. You still suffer. It's important this morning. God is telling us, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. It's a very important scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No one engaged in warfare. It's talking about whom? Us. All of us. We all engaged in the warfare. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of his life. Affairs of his life, affairs of our life need to be taken care, need to be settled. But we don't allow ourselves to get entangled with the affairs of the life. You know, we have enough problem for a lifetime. We have enough problem one after the other. Our life will easily just go. And we may not have time to do anything for God. So we cannot afford to get entangled with the affairs of the life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Who enlisted us as a soldier? Yes? Who? God. God himself enlisted. He considered he is a man of God. He is a child of God. If I give this little responsibility to her, she or he will do it faithfully. Gideon was still afraid to go down to fight with the enemies. And God said, if you are afraid, I don't mind. Take Pura with you. Take your friend with you if you are afraid. Strategy number three. It's important. Boost your faith. Read that with me. Boost your faith as this battle is a faith-based military operation. Can we read that again? Boost your faith as this battle is a faith-based military operation. But remember, God had chosen Gideon to redeem the children of Israel from the hands of the enemy. We are in that business yet. The war is not done yet. Just only the preparation for the battle. Now, when Gideon came down, this is what he saw in the valley. Judges chapter 7 verse 12. The Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number. And the sand by the seashore in multitude. 
Can you imagine? Gideon and his company, they came down from the mountain and they are seeing in the valley. Midianites fill the valley. The entire valley is filled with Midianites. Listen to me. You can read your Bible later. When God wants to move forward, listen to this. He releases such a great faith in you, confirming that it is from God. You know, I experienced that and most of you would have experienced that in your life. I'll, read, I'll say that again. When God wants you to move forward in certain direction, he gives you the faith. He releases a great amount of faith in your life because he has to confirm that it is God who is calling you. As Gideon got down in the valley, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 12 says, the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And Gideon is seeing what is going on in the valley. Now listen to this. God can use anyone to bring encouragement in your life. God can bring anybody. God can use anybody to bring encouragement. Now listen to this. Judges chapter 7 verse 13. And when Gideon had come, there was a man from the Midianites. He was telling a dream to his companion. And this is what he said. He saw the dream that night. I have had a dream to my surprise a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed what came down a loaf of barley how heavy a loaf of barley is yes yes Merlin working in superstore how heavy a loaf of barley very heavy no just very light, right? Can you imagine a loaf of barley coming down and striking a tent and the tent collapsed? That's a dream. And there was an interpretation also. What was the interpretation? It is nobody else other than Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God is going to deliver Midianites. And where the message came from? From? Are you with me? From? From God through whom? Through the enemy, through Midianites. Are you with me? Yes, a little tough, but just, you know, just, just follow with me. Now begins the faith battle. The faith-based military operation that we talked about, that begins now. Are we ready for that? Now, the question is, can a loaf of barley bread tumble into the camp of Israel and overturn a tent so that the tent will collapse? Is it possible? No, it's not possible. A barley bread cannot do that. It's not possible. Now, God is telling Gideon... It is time to switch gear. Now you need to put on your faith gear and your you know, march is going to continue by faith. Can you say by faith? A little louder. Now the barley loaf, remember this. The barley represents what was taken by the enemy. Remember? The Midianites used to come and they took all the grains. The barley was taken by the enemy and now God is bringing back the barley bread to fight against the enemy. You know, whenever, whatever is stolen in our lives, this morning if you listen to me, whatever is stolen in our life, our God is more than powerful. He will turn that as a weapon to fight against your enemy. Amen. You know, sometimes we feel that we lost our health. Sometimes we feel that, you know, we, we lost financially, we are lost. But, you know, God is telling you this morning, whatever you think that you are lost, whatever is lost in your life, God is able to bring those things in your life. And those things will become a mighty weapon against your enemy. Strategy number four. 
God says, project confidence in the Lord. Can you read that with me? Project confidence in the Lord, irrespective of our, your weaknesses. When we fight like an enemy, like Midian, we need to project our confidence in the Lord. You know, many times we are so apologetic about our weaknesses. We say, sorry, Lord. Many times we feel so low about our weaknesses, we don't project our confidence in the Lord. Many times we project our weaknesses. Many times we project our sicknesses. Many times we project our inabilities. But God is telling you this morning, you need to project your confidence in the Lord. Amen? Let's, let's read a couple of scriptures that will encourage you. Judges chapter 7 verse 16. Then he divided the 300 men. You know how many people they had? Just 300. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with an empty pitcher. That's a pot or a jar, an empty pot and torches inside the pitchers. What are all there? Trumpet, pitcher and a torch. So these are the weapons. Judges chapter 7 verse 20 says, Then the three companies, listen to this, Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, what did they say? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Can you read that again? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Judges chapter 7 verse 21. Let's continue reading. And every man, when this happened, every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled in the middle of the night. Gideon and his army of 300 came there and they broke the pitcher and you know they lifted the torch and they shouted and saying the sword of the Lord is of Gideon. And when that happened, Bible says the enemies, they ran. Verse 22 says, when the 300 blew the trumpet, listen to this. The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. In the middle of the night, they were not sure what is going on. When they heard this voice, you know, millions of people there. 300 making noise and they heard that voice and when they heard that voice they turned against they were not sure what is going on they turned against each other and started slaying them down you know God sent delusion God sent confusion in the midst of the camp and Gideon is about to win now listen to me God sent confusion in the Midianites camp and they started killing each other and the remaining they fled for life and eventually they were also killed. Now listen to this. This is what is important. All that Gideon and an army, they had in their hands. Trumpet, pitchers or jars, and the torches. They blew the trumpet. They broke the pots. And they held the torches in their left hand. And the trumpet in the right hand. And then they cried out with a loud voice saying, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That's what happened. Now when Gideon and his army did this, it looks like a foolish thing in, in according to the military standard. Can you imagine somebody going in the battlefield and doing this? Can you imagine in the Canadian army, you know, somebody in the battlefield going with a pot in his hand and going with a torch and with a trumpet, you know, he'll be sued immediately and he'll be in the prison. He cannot serve Canadian army in that fashion. It's non-standard, not acceptable. But Gideon and his army 
This is what they were doing. They were projecting their confidence in the Lord. Can you say confidence this morning? They were projecting their confidence in the Lord. You know, this confidence comes because they had such a deep faith in God. Amen? When we project our confidence in the Lord, what we have really doesn't matter. When we project our confidence in the Lord, what matters is what we say. The way we behave. The way we do things. Are we exalting the Lord? Are we showing that we have confidence in the Lord? And you think about the situation you are working with non-believers, non-Christians. And when you work in the midst of non-Christians, you know, when you go and tell all your troubles and sorrows and failure, and they will ask, which church you go? I go to PM. Don't they pray for you? Don't they teach about the conf- having confidence in the Lord? You know, many times we will be taught, we will be preached by the non-Christians, non-believers. They will tell us, you need to put your trust in the Lord. You know, when some of us walk in our workplaces, we are not happy. I don't know why we are not happy. God has blessed us and God is asking us to put our confidence in the Lord. When we project our confidence in the Lord, God is going to fight for us. Exactly the same way he fought against the Midianites. Now look what happened when the 300 blew the trumpet and the Lord set every man's sword against his companion. He sent confusion among them. You know, this morning, we are fighting with the devil of Midianites. And God is telling us, when you put confidence in me, I am going to send confusion in those situations and it will become nothing. It will become nothing. You know, some of us may be fighting with the heavy stuff. I don't know what it is. But whatever it may be that God is telling, when you put confidence in me and when you put faith in me, I am just going to make it nothing. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 27, Paul says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world, like you and like me, like Gideon and the 300 men. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Amen. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. You know, we need to believe the scripture. I know it, feel like, it feels like it's, it's, it's so illogical, but we still need to believe. When you are attacked, God wants you to project your confidence in the Lord. When we are low in resources, God wants you to project your confidence in the richness of the Lord. Amen. When you are weak, God wants you to project your confidence in the strength of the Lord. When you are sick, God wants you to project your confidence in your God who is a healer. When you are rejected by everybody, God wants you to project in the, in, in, project, you know, the confidence that you have in the Lord who says you are so precious in my sight. When you feel that we are lonely, God wants to project our confidence in the one who is a good companion for all of us. When we are so afraid, God wants us to project our confidence in the Lord. And I'm not afraid because you are my protector. Amen. Shall we all stand this morning? No doubt that we are standing in the right place of the battleground of the Midianites. I'm not sure how many of us are going through the same situation in your life. Quickly to summarize, let's see the strategies. Number one, we talked about those who are fearful and afraid cannot fight the battle. 
those who relax delay and lose focus on the work of god are not fit for the battle boost your faith as this battle is a faith based military operation project your confidence in the lord irrespective of your weaknesses amen this morning god is calling us because the field that we are standing today is a battlefield the fight that we are encountering today is the fight with the midianites and god is preparing us this morning shall we all close our eyes and get into a time of prayer before we leave from this place